this isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? What do you mean? Did Caesar live here? Um, no. I don't think so. I went to Vegas last weekend. Pretty crazy. Vegas, baby, Vegas! Gentlemen, welcome to Las Vegas. Why don't you give me half the money you were gonna bet? Then we'll go out back, I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day. Some guys just can't handle Vegas. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 25 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'm happy to be your guide on this little podcast adventure to one of my favorite cities on the planet, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. My guest for this episode of the podcast is Steve Sear. Steve is a casino host, but he's not just any casino host. Steve Sear is a member of a very elite group of casino hosts. He's one of the few in Las Vegas who deal exclusively with whales. For the uninitiated, a whale is the term given to a super high roller. These are the guys and gals who come to Las Vegas and gamble huge amounts of money. For example, for a whale, it's not unheard of to wager anywhere from ten to $25,000 on a hand of blackjack or spend upwards of $750,000 to a million dollars in a weekend. In order to lure these whales to Las Vegas, along with their copious amounts of cash, they'll often be given extremely lavish comps, like flights on private jets, limos to and from the casino, massive villas and suites, ringside seats to fights, and pretty much anything else you can imagine. Steve Sear is the man who arranges all of that, and more. Steve is a regular guest on the show Follow the Money on VSIN on Sirius XM Channel 204. He's made appearances on the Discovery Channel, the Travel Channel, and he's been featured in interviews with Montel Williams and Piers Morgan. He's also the subject of the book Whale Hunt in the Desert, Secrets of a Vegas Superhost, which is actually required reading in Cornell University's Hotel School Casino Elective, as well as NYU's MBA program. Steve was gracious enough to invite me over to his Las Vegas home so that we could sit down and chat. We also had a chance to go out for lunch beforehand so we could get to know each other a bit better and share a few stories before recording the podcast. Over the course of our conversation, we talked about everything from Steve's start in the casino biz to how he reinvented the way hosting was being done to some of the most bizarre requests that he's gotten from his clients. I can honestly say that in the short time I've been doing this podcast, this is probably one of my favorite interviews I've had the pleasure of doing. I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. So sit back and relax. Here's my conversation with Steve Sear. Steve Sear, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I, I'm excited. I know that you're a Vegas fan, so that's the. I don't have to sell you on Vegas. You come here way too much from Canada. God, no, no, you do not have to sell me on this place. You might have to sell my wife on this place, but not me on this place. And why doesn't she like it? Because she's not a well, you're not really a gambler either, but you love the atmosphere, obviously. I love the atmosphere. I love the people. I love. Um, I don't know. I just it's an exciting place to be. I'm a food guy, clearly. Uh, I am. I'm a show guy. Um, You know, I just I love that aspect of it. Um, For her, it's the people a little bit, the the number, the volume of people. Um, We have one hundred and fifty one thousand hotel rooms. Yeah. So there's more hotel rooms on the Caesars Palace corner than in San Francisco. So even though you live in a big city, this city's different. We only have 2 million people, but we have 40 million visitors. That's insane. Yeah. That is insane. Which, 
I, I feel like I'm in a, in a great spot with a podcast like this where I'm <laughs> yeah. catering to 40 million people around the world that Absolutely. come to a city. I think I've, I've picked a, a, good, uh, a good topic. And you know, too. you made a good point. When I first started my career 30 years ago, pretty much only gamblers came here. Gambler and show. Now it's Celine Dion and I want to see a Cirque show or I want to go to an amazing restaurant. And I always use uh, my parents as a barometer. My mom and dad used to get off the plane from Salina, Kansas actually from Wichita, and what did they do while we were waiting for the bags and the baggage claim? They'd play the slots. Uh-huh. Now, they play slots in Wichita, Kansas. It's not a big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So gambling yeah. isn't as big a deal anymore. Yeah. It's, and, and I mean, I want to talk about with you, I mean, for, for those that don't know, um, you are the guy. Mm. <laughs> for gamblers. For gamblers. As, as, you know, everybody puts it, you're, you're, uh, you're the guy with the juice in town yeah um i you know i said that once when i first came to vegas i had no juice now i'm the juice and that has stuck with me but yeah i'll take that you know (laughs) if you're a gambler i am the guy after 33 years of taking care of gamblers it's what i do if you're gonna play uh you might as well have like an agent you know i tell people you wouldn't go into divorce court without a good attorney well if you're a big gambler and when i mean big twenty-five thousand and up you need somebody to negotiate your deal Uh uh-huh because you can play blackjack at a lot of places, you know. But can you split aces four times? Can you? Are you getting the best deal? Can you double down after a split? We have a mathematical advantage anyway on every game, so you might as well get the best deal. Mm-hmm. You talk about I mean, growing up in Kansas—that was where you started, Salina, Kansas, small yes. town. Well, actually, born in Mound Ridge, seven hundred. Then grew up in Salina, about forty thousand. Yeah. Yeah, uh, two high schools, and uh, I ended up at UNLV. I was supposed to go back and run uh, my dad's Howard Johnson Motel. Mm-hmm. Thank God I didn't. And um, it just didn't work out that way. I ended up at UNLV because Cornell and Oklahoma State and every other hotel school rejected me. UNLV had a great program, and they said, bring your 1.9 GPA from Kansas State, and we will put you on academic probation. You have to have a 2-2 to stay in the hotel, Casino College. And it took me four years and three summers and i graduated with a 2.3 and from there you you were lucky enough to just kind of you got in the business yeah well immediately it it, it was unlv my internship i had accepted a job to go back to omaha nebraska and be in the marriott training program for twenty four thousand a year (laughs) 1986 and um my senior year i took an internship class and I knew I hated the front desk and night audit. You know, they move you every couple of weeks. But I love the blackjack pit. And I love the dice pit. And I love being in the sports book. And they got paid. To, you know, I was the marker kid because I was the grunt. You know, and changed the line. That was before electronic boards. And so there were two weeks left in my internship. And Mr. Gone, the owner, said, we're going to do surveillance. Now, this is before the eye in the sky. So we were literally on a catwalk, lying down. Uh, this story's in, in my book, Whale Hunt in the Desert. And... Um, I'm looking down at a dice game and they had like microphones coming down and this guy came up and he bought in for like six grand, which to me was like, you know, six million dollars. Played for a while and he was up about 40 grand. And this guy came over in a suit and we could hear him was like, what? No, flamingo bullshit. You're eating here. First of all, we're going to show you the penthouse and I'm going to take you to Michael's tonight, our steakhouse. And I go, Mr. Gunn, what does that guy do? He goes, well, that's Kevin, my casino host. And I go, what's his job? To keep him at 40 grand here. And I go, I want to do what he does. I finished my internship. I started the next two days later, Mr. Gunn called over as a cash host at Caesar's Palace, which meant I was in the dice pit. If you bought in for $200 or more, 
hey, I'm Steve Sear, and I was supposed to invite you back the next day to the Champagne Brunch. That's how I got my first players. That's how I started. That's amazing. And I called my mom and said, I'm going to cancel the Marriott training program. She was upset, and she goes, well, uh, this is in 1986. She goes, well, and she was pissed, and she was like, well, I I hope you like Las Vegas. I know you hate the cold. The only other state you can even work in, Steve, is New Jersey. Love my mom, but I used to kid her for years, and I'm like, the only place I can't work now is Utah and Hawaii. (laughs) I picked a career, just like marijuana is coming and sports betting, and 30 years later, 46 states adopted it other than Utah and Hawaii. I rep now in nine different states. So you're, you know, I mean, the the big thing for you, the, you know, where you kind of grew yourself was here in Vegas. But now, like you say, you're, you're, every, I, you're everywhere. I'm one-stop shopping for the gambler, yeah. you know, and I represent casinos in the Atlantis, the Bahamar, and um, I represent casinos, the Barona and Viejas in California, and I represent Norwegian Cruise Line, so you're freezing your balls off in New York. Go on a cruise, it's 10 days. No one goes home winter. It's a beautiful thing. How many t-shirt <laughs> shops can you stop at? You know, so if you go on a cruise, baby, just write the check. Yeah. Um, and every jurisdiction is different. I have to get licensed. Um, I went through in 1999 after being fired for the seventh time. Uh, that's not funny. And he kind of chuckled. But um, <laughs> I, I don't I mean did, to laugh. I, it's I a just, funny, I, I got my junket thing, license. Yeah. It cost 38000 in 1999. I've never been arrested or in trouble in my life. I've only lived two places. Salina, Kansas, uh, 19 years. Clark County, Nevada now, 36 years. That's it. And uh, they, I had to pay for the Nevada Game Control Board to go back and interview my high school teachers. It's a privilege. I can earn off a theoretical loss, not to get too technical for your audience in this state. And other losses in other states, it's easy. California's 10% loss. They win, I get nothing. Mm-hmm. They lose, I get 10%. So I hope you win in Nevada and lose in California. Mm-hmm. In, in Nevada, I actually hope you win. Why? Because what happens when you win? You bet more, you play longer, hence higher theoretical loss. That's like everyone listening's probably got a slot card someplace. You, you said you play yeah. little slots. Sure. You put your card in, maybe put in 40 bucks. You break even for a while, you go home, win or lose, but then you get a, something in the mail or an email and you get a comp. Uh-huh. Why? Because we know theoretically we have a mathematical edge and you theoretically should have lost $200 and we're going to give you a room when it's 110 out and we're at 50% occupancy on those 150,000 rooms. Uh-huh. You know, uh, uh, what's a room to us? A made to clean it. It's 32 bucks right. to turn it. That's it. Now, New Year's Eve, of course, we can rent it for $500, different story, but it's a Tuesday in August and there's no fights going on and no NFL and we're dead. Of course, we'll give you a room. You're going to go buy a beer or we're going to give you a free beer. And I love that when people say, well, at least we're drinking for free. Dude, you had an $80 Budweiser. <laughs> yeah. Your girl had a $60 glass of wine. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, well, Steve, comp my room. On Expedia, it was $39.95 plus resort fee. You just lost $800. Well, you know, he gave us some fight tickets. Again, on StubHub, there were 200 but you lost 1500 I'm all smoke and mirrors. That's my whole career. It's, you know, it's the cost of it. Now, you might win, and I told my players two things, because I'm going to get a million calls from when I do radio, TV, your podcast. Hey, can you be my host? Listen, give me a shot at some money. Even if you win, you play three to four hours a day, I will comp you. And there's different levels. You should bet 1% of what you bring. You bring 10000 you better be at the $100 table. If you bring 10000 you're at the nickel $25 table. Dude, I don't care how unlucky you are. You're never going to lose $10,000. You know? Yeah. So a slot player, it's great. You put the slot card in. I know how you play. I know if you play correctly. I know theory. And that's why you earn points. But, but, but you can't just go on points or they wouldn't need hosts. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, maybe a guy, look, my first mentor, is, this is what he made me do. He goes, how much money is a lot to you? And I said, I don't know, five, six hundred bucks. He goes, bring it tonight. We went to play craps and I was stuck like 450. This is with Michael gone. And we went downtown to the Four Queens. And then I fired back and I got even. He goes, see that feeling? He goes, I'm still would comp you because you're risking the money. You either lose or give me a shot at the money. A guy comes in and, you know, he plays you yeah, 500 a hand. He only plays an hour for three days. Dude, pay for your room. Mm-hmm. I need three to four hours a day of play. We know the math will work out. If you win, God bless you. And so uh, uh, five, people always email me, well, what do I get for if I bring two to three grand? Not much, maybe a room, you know, and is that two to three grand for shows and concerts and dining and strip clubs, or is it just for gambling? Mm-hmm. No, my gambling bankroll is three grand. Well, I'm going to comp you at least 10 to 15% of that, so that's three to $450, or 30% of your theoretical loss. So I'd at least get you a standard room comp it, and maybe one night Benihana or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you're at the five to $10,000 range, now we're talking mini suite, a little bit bigger, and you should bet 1%, 50 to 100 bucks a hand. If you play that for three or four hours a day, you're theoretically risking five to 10 grand. And of course, I'm going to comp your room and some food. It's 32 bucks a day to clean it, not New Year's Eve. Now, if you get the 15 to 25 guy, now we're talking about limo picks you up at the airport, wife can go to the spa, some more harder costs. The softest cost I have is that room. Uh-huh. You know, if I if you're at, Caesars and you want to go to Bruno Mars at the MGM, I have to pay hard money. I've got to go buy you a ticket. It's really $140 to me. So you better be a guy that's going to risk 10 to 15 grand and then I'll do that for you. And I negotiate for him up front. Uh You know, most big players, especially 50 and $100,000 players, and I don't have thousands of players. I have 70 right now and that makes me Michael Jordan. I have 70 active guys that'll blow a risk on a weekend, a hundred grand to say two fifty. Then a whale, everyone thinks is a million dollar player. A whale, you could be from LA, but you come once a month with a hundred grand. That my biggest female player comes once a month. She plays roulette, bless her heart. I wish you should mail your money in, um, <laughs> and uh, she'll risk it every month. So to me, that's a, give me a shot at a million a year. That's a whale. Yeah. And then I have seven guys that will do a million to five million on a weekend. And they're a lot of work and a lot of fun. And a third of my customers are really rich, like Larry Flint. That's not a secret. That's in my book. Mm-hmm. And if he loses a million, it's not going to affect him. He's a billionaire with a B. And then the other third of my players should not be gambling. They're the funnest. <laughs> they're the ones that hang out the most. But I'm going to burn them out. Yeah. They're going to be done. Then the other third, as their age and wealth increases, their gaming increases. So my biggest player now... I'm 55. I met him when I was 22 and he was 22. And nobody wanted him at Caesars because this young guy, we'll call him Mr. S. He lives in L.A. And uh, he would bring 50 grand. Now that's his first bet. As his age and wealth has increased and he has become a billionaire too, his gambling's increased. Mm -hmm. And he's very methodical. You know, this much is for investments. This much is for my business. This much is for fun. Everybody does it. Yeah. And that's the key. Have a budget. I don't care if you're a guy that brings 500 bucks or 50,000 bucks. Have a budget. Mm -hmm. it's the cost of entertainment don't you know we call them rounders and you're here in the movie because we give out casino credit and a guy has a five thousand dollar line at caesars but then he gets one at ballets and mirage and ooh, there's a show at the hard rock and now he's got four five thousand dollar credit lines well dude if you lose them all on one trip who you gonna pay first because remember in my state it's a felony 
Mm-hmm. That marker is a fancy word for check. So be careful before you start taking casino credit in Nevada. In California, we can just drag your TRW. In Nevada, we pick your ass up. I had a girl, sad story, really pretty girl, 37 years old, uh, Miss D, we'll call her. She owed $4,000. And I'm like, Angie, just pay. I just said her first name. Angie. <laughs> Just pay me 500 bucks a month, you know, mm-hmm. 300 bucks, something. After six months, it goes stale. I got to dump them to the district attorney's office. And they don't go after but they put a bench warrant out. We have a separate division in Clark County, just check fraud, which is marker, which is casino credit. She's speeding in L.A. Her seven-year-old's in the back. Boo! Bench warrant out in Nevada. She sits four days on a bus. Child goes to child protective custody. Then she hits a weekend. Nine days later, she had the money on, but it doesn't matter. You she had, she had to pay 10% more of the DA, so that 4000 was 4400 Then she goes back home and gets her kid who's been in child protective custody now for two weeks. Jesus. It's a real thing. Other state, we're the only state that recognizes gambling as a real debt other than civil. Mm-hmm. To us, it's criminal. Four $1,000 markers, four felonies. Now, she paid the margin. Now, she's still got to go criminally. Mm-hmm. You know, it's three months of marker. She could do another year in jail. Probably won't. She paid it. Boom. But yeah, it's a real big deal. So I don't know if you remember years ago when Charles Barkley, who's a great guy, uh, he owed Mandalay Bay money, and, and this was right before the NBA playoffs, and they had you know arrested him and that. And he's like, I didn't know, Charles, you knew. <laughs> we don't go to the DA unless it's last resort. And I've testified yeah. in 30 of those cases over my year. Yeah. So we give you credit. It's a real thing. You got to pay it. That was one of the things in reading the book that I found was really interesting was and I guess maybe there's this um, a reputation from movies and TVs and the, yeah, yeah, we'll just get you more money. We'll just get you more money. Uh, yeah. You, I mean, there's ex- countless examples in the book where you, you said no. To oh, people. yeah. And that's a very good point. And, you know, I think most people think a casino executive, we say yes. No, you can't have more credit. No, you can't have more tickets. No, I can't extend you three days. No, you can't have another month to pay. No, I can't get eight more people into the show. Are you crazy? You know, we say no all day. Yeah. It's not just yes. I love the ones you can say yes. You know, mm-hmm. the million-dollar player, like I said, he gets five tickets to the fight because he didn't ask for six. Mm-hmm. Those are easy. But the day-to-day guys, and they grind, and you guys, you, you're so used to comps, and they become just whores with it, you know? And Yeah, we say no a lot, especially to credit. It just, you know, a guy's on a bender. And early in my career, to be honest, did I burn a lot of players out? Of course. I mean, you had a driver's license. I was giving you ten grand. You know, I was 26 years old. I could go up to like 250000 If I used to say, if there's ink in my pen, I'll give you credit. <laughs> I've grown up a lot. And as a rep and not an employee, I don't get paid. This is important until the markers are paid. Mm-hmm. As an employee, yeah, you owe five grand, you're late, oh, it'll go to collections, whatever. I get my little check every two weeks. As a licensed junket rep, the casinos will not pay me until markers are clear. Mm-hmm. That's why I hope you win, and I get paid the next month. Sure, yeah. You know, a guy loses 100 grand, I give him two months to pay, he loses it Super Bowl, February. He pays April, May, I get paid in June. So mm-hmm. I have to wait for my money a lot of times. That's why I like nine casinos, because somebody's paying me every month the other thing i found interesting in the book too is when you talked about you know uh people would ask you and be like oh it depends on the weather wow that, you really read the book i that's did good. i did read the book and that, that, that's a, just an old line that my mentor you know when i started at caesars i was the youngest host by 32 years they were my age i was 22 they were 54 55 so yeah one old pit boss um he's not with us anymore but he used to always tell customers that depends on the weather whether or not i want to do it or not fuck you you know it's kind of <laughs> 
So yeah, I, I still say that a lot. I've got a lot of old school in me. You know, I think I was maybe like an era too short. I would have loved the Rat Pack days where the pit boss was king and the casino host was king. Um, again, now I'm one of the older ones. Uh, when I started at 22, I was the youngest mm-hmm. by 30 years. And I was a telemarketer, and that's why they put me in. I was like, hey, uh, can I have a list of players that haven't been in in a year? Average bet, I don't know, 100 bucks from California that like golf. Because I knew we had, boom, I would telemarket them. Uh-huh. Hey, Mr. W is Steve Sear from Caesars. When are you going to be in town again? And my goal on the phone wasn't to book them. When are you going to be in town? And my bosses at Caesars were cool, and I could leave property. You're in town? Oh, you're over at Mirage? Oh, come over and buy you a beer. Cool. Yeah. Oh, you're at the Desert Inn? Oh, you know. So I could leave, and I, I still do that. I still hustle players that way. Uh-huh. You know. And, I mean, one of the – I think for me, one of the most fascinating parts of, of the book, too, was just – seeing how you kind of changed how hosting was being done. I mean, those guys, Thanks, I'll take that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, those guys were as, I mean, you call them limp dicks. In, oh, they just the sit in the office. They, they would sit there. They weren't hustling. They no. weren't really doing anything. Guys would come over to see Wayne Newton and lose 20, 30 grand. You figure that's what he's got in his pocket. I bet he's got a hundred thousand dollar credit line. They wouldn't go out. I was the first one to start with, look, if somebody buys in, it was for my cash host days, remember the $200 buy-in? I'd make it a grand. Mm-hmm. Anybody buys in for a grand, they don't have a card, beat me. Then it was beepers. Beat me, I'm coming. They would just say pit one, pit two, or pit three. Mm-hmm. Where is he? Boom, he's over there. Dude, I mean, he just threw out a 1000 bucks. He didn't ask for anything. He's, he's going to have a $1,000 cocktail is what it could happen if he gets stuck. He's just waiting for the show. You know, he's bored. Mm-hmm. His wife wants to go see Wayne Newton, whatever. You know, right. And I would hustle them. And so, you know, and then I even put in the book in 2010, we had Santana was our house band at the Hard Rock. Mm -hmm. And I love this story because it just tells how stupid Caesars was. Um, We have what's called billbacks. You're a big player. Um, I don't have Santana, but I want to take care of you. So as a director or vice president that we'd have a list and, you know, this is Mr. Smith from Caesars. I've got my player coming over and uh, Mr. Cook. And he wants four tickets to Santana and give him a $1,000 comp. Well, I would teach the girls in VIP. I say, oh, to identify him, I just need his date of birth. Because be honest, driver's license. With date of birth and name, I can run what's called a central credit, if you read the book, which is like the TRW of gaming. And now I know exactly how Mr. Cook plays. I know he's a 50 line. He owes 35000 you know, two months ago or New Year's Eve. He lost 60000 at Lake Tahoe and that. And so... I do the same routine every night. And I, again, this was in the book. It's not a secret, and I still do it. The girls in VIP would give me then Mr. Cook's tickets. And I always had Skybox 3 for every Santana show, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. And so, you know, big player always comes, what, a little late. He's kind of panicked, goes to VIP. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, what was your name? Uh, I don't see the tickets. I'd train the girls. And every time I'd <laughs> score, they'd get 20 bucks each out of my pocket, not the hard rocks. And so, what, let me call the host on duty. I'd walk in in my suit. Hey, Mr. Cook, Steve Sear. I don't know. Fuck that. Come on. I remember you. Cause you were at Tahoe last New Year's. I was there, too, because on the Central. Sure, Tahoe, yeah. a little bullshit there. And then I'd already run your Central, so I had your player card in me. Ah, come on. Now, remember, Caesars is paying for this. Come on. Come up to my skybox. Give him a bottle of Dom. Caesars is paying for this. <laughs> now, oh, hey, you know what we're going to do right after? We're going to go meet Santana, and we're going to get you a signed guitar, because I remember how big a player you are. So you'd get a signed guitar, or Santana's Congo is sitting right behind you there, 
for our listeners, it's in my house. But, um, and so uh, now he feels obligated to me and say, hey, dude, do me a favor. I got you 25 grand. I just need to copy your driver's license. Go down and make a little play for me. Boom, new player. Pissed off at his host there. Thinks I'm the hero. And that's how I get players. And then I earned 16% of his theoretical <laughs> loss. So I'd pay the girls in VIP just to, And I still do that shit today. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I really changed it. I just, I was more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have players, and players are power in our business. And now, of course, I have a ton. You know, I've lost a lot of players. You know, I lose um, 20% of my database every year because they're sick of gambling. They're broke or they're sick of Steve. The third one doesn't happen often, but it <laughs> happens. And so um, I'm still doing it, and I like the business. You know, I get a charge every time I walk through a casino. I'm sure you do too, right? Yeah. Or just Vegas. Yeah. I mean, you walk into the place, and it's just you get that feeling but you have yeah. casinos in canada yeah it's not the same though why it just doesn't because it, it's canada atmosphere it's the atmosphere it's just a different feeling in a vegas casino it's it's bigger it's brighter it's more exciting there's such a, a cross-section of people there that are just so different from people watching is key people okay. watching is i mean i you know one. for me it's it's like i say it's food and and shows but it's also the people watching i mean if you can you know this is if you can grab a, a 50 cent beer at the bird bar the flamingo and stand yeah. on the strip and just watch things go by you are going to see shit that you do not see anywhere else in yeah. the world yeah and and it's it, to me it's just it's fascinating you know, my, my cousin is staying with me this summer, and he made that comment, too. He goes, man, it's a lot cheaper to do things here than I thought it would be. You know, just that stereotype. And, of course, yes, yeah, Celine Dion and the O shows, and that, they are expensive. Sure. There's no doubt. But I can go see Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns on Monday night for 10 bucks, and it's a combination of Celine Dion's horn players and Jerry Lopez and people from the Donnie and Marie show and Santana's drummers, and they're kind of like an earth, wind, and fire funk, mm-hmm. and it's 10 bucks. Yeah. You can go see Friday Night Fights for 20 bucks live yeah. on CBS. You know, UFC Tough Enough Fights or Amateur Tough Enough Fights, $15. I mean... You can you, you can walk into somewhere like Cleopatra's Barge on uh, oh, in Caesars and love da- David Perico pop strings yeah. and, and see, you know, performers that are... That's a ship when, that moves in the water yeah, for our it, listeners for, inside. For, for, you know, two drink minimum, you can sit there and see the, the backup singer for Rod Stewart yeah. and the string players for Celine Dion and the guitarist for Bruno Mars. Uh, okay, and, that's what Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns is. Yeah. yeah. They, they get together on Mondays and jam. Yeah, I it's just, it. it's such a, 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 a like I say, you see stuff here that you're not going to see anywhere else and that's that's one of for me that's one of the a lot of girls one of the things too, there's for, for the single men out there yeah yeah for the single ladies a lot of Our guys host too. is married and, and <laughs> talked about his wife a lot at lunch so i know he's in love 20 years 20 years yeah most of them happy as i like to say i she doesn't appreciate it though when i go around and introduce her as my first wife she has a real problem with that for some reason i don't know why no but but she's oh maybe people don't get i like this is my first this wife. is my yeah. first wife you know 20 years of marriage i think i'll keep her for yeah. now anyways well and last yeah first and last, first and last. we'll yeah. go with that yeah yeah. yeah yeah we'll give her a plug um you you pissed off a lot of people when you started doing this this hosting thing I've been fired nine times for a reason and, and uh some of the hosts i would say half of them there's about 700 in town half of them love me half of them hate me the one that the ones that have worked with me i think appreciate how hard i work and my tenacity but i have i say acquire or they use the word stolen some players but it's competition hey you want larry flint's cell number i'll give it to you good luck mm-hmm. you know i think you just have to 
have that confidence in yourself. And I've kind of reinvented myself over the years. I haven't been a stick in the mud and uh, I network constantly. You know, yeah, when I go to the Indy 500, I'm having fun or the opening of Del Mar racetrack, but I'm, I know the guys at the $100 windows at Del Mar and I'm buying them lunch and saying, hey, who are your players? And I constantly am trying to, it's almost like a curse because when I go to a party sometimes and everyone knows that's how I am, like, oh, Steve, I want you to meet this guy. I'm like, dude, I don't want to meet any more people. I am fried. I don't want to meet anyone. I'm trying to get laid tonight. That's what my goal is, you know, so. Is there still a lot of... Um a lot of uh, that whole stagnant attitude in Vegas, do you yes. think? Yeah, it's yeah. still a problem. And, and, and complacency. And, you know, look, you can be a, a dealer at, you know, Bellagio and take home 70 grand a year. And some people work to live and some live to work. I love the different challenges, and that's why I do everything from, you know, being a minister to amateur boxer to work for nine casinos. So I'm a little bit different. I only sleep four or five hours a day. Uh-huh. ever i mean since a teenager so i i know i'm a little different and i wasn't i think i tell people you know i have a beautiful daughter that just graduated from university of oregon and a divorce made me a better father because sunday monday and part of tuesday i was just dad and the other four nights a week i could be in orangutan and be out till five in the morning at the strip club so i think i spent more quality time than i think savannah would agree with that than most fathers that come uh-huh. over an hour here in the daytime i mean we had no distractions i lived in California three days a week for 16 years Mm -hmm. doing this job. I mean, you talk about living to work versus working to live. Is it a 24 seven gig? Oh yeah. Yeah. My my phone's never off. I mean, uh, you know, gamblers don't, it's not nine to five gamblers. Don't, you can't pick and tell them when to gamble. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're going to go when they want and they're going to, you know, especially rich people, rich people are spoiled. They call Friday when you know, it's a big Mayweather fight. we got no rooms left. Oh yeah. I'll be in tomorrow at uh, two o'clock. Pick me up shit well i don't have any rooms i have to bump somebody and we don't in my business we don't you know a lot of businesses we treat every player like a high roller you know we treat every player the same no not every player gets the ringside tickets and eight o'clock dinner and meet and greets to the entertainer so we don't treat every player the same and you might have booked it from montana three years ago you got bumped because my big guy that just lost eighty thousand needs two more rooms and you're gone and we're walking you to super eight and i don't give a shit so Bill Gates has at the Hilton. This is a true story. It's in the book. Do you remember this story? I believe so, yeah. Okay, so, um, you know, he's play, paying 10000 This is in, like, 98. He's paying 10000 a night for the Verona Villa, which was 15,000 square feet. My house here now is 2,800 square feet, and it's big. So 15,000 square feet. Bill Gates is the keynote speaker at CES. That's the Consumer Electronics Show every January. Yeah. And that is Sunday through Thursday. So Mr. G checked in Sunday, was supposed to check out Thursday. Well, Thursday morning, he goes down to VAP and says, yeah, extend me two nights. They said, you know, it's 10,000. Okay. So I tried to call him. No one's in the room. I had to go up and knock on the door. Hey, Mr. G, Steve Sear, listen, sir, uh, we'll get you another Sky Villa or a Mini Villa. Um, and you know what? I'll even comp it, but I need you to move tonight. I have a player coming in. And he goes, charge me 12000 And he closed the door. <coughs> well, I had to knock again on the door. I said, hey, Mr. G, you don't understand. I said, you know, I'm putting a player in this room. He goes, hey, I'm already here. Just put him in another room. And he started to close the door. And I put my hand there. And I said, 
you don't understand, we have two choices. I said, either pack or security moves your fucking ass now. And that's a quote from Steve Sear. And I put that in the book and no one's ever disputed it. And he goes, well, why can't I just stay? I go, because my guy's first bet's going to be 50000 I have to make a business decision for Baron Hilton. I said, do I want you paying 10, 12, or 15 grand a night or a guy that's first bet is twice that? I got a shot at $2 million. Now, he might win, but I know you're not going to lose. So I said, we're moving you right now. And I kicked him out. And it was really cool. He was pissed. He went over to Caesars, got another villa. They wrote a letter. I mean, I'm doing my job. (coughs) He was booked Sunday to Thursday. It's Thursday. Dude, I have one room that's 15,000 square feet. My guy's going to bet 50,000 an hour. He's going to go take his $2 million to another casino. He wants the Verona. His wife loves it. You're out. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough business decision, but not to me. It was an easy business decision. Well, and I guess it's it's He's not a risk taker. Yeah. Well, he and, didn't want to gamble. And for you it would be it would be balancing that that risk versus, you know, balancing friendship or niceness. I mean, there's not a lot of people in the world I would think that could say they told Bill Gates yeah, to no, move his fucking story. ass, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I said we got to go because I I'd rather Bill be mad at me than my player. Yeah. That's my livelihood, plus that, you know, makes my numbers for the quarter. Everyone knows, you know, $2 million guy coming in. He was firing. This is in 98, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's still around now. He's one of my uh, biggest players now, so it's cool. That's the guy that, as his age and wealth increased, his gaming increased. Well, and I mean, we talked a little bit. We we went out for lunch before we started doing the interview. We were talking a little bit about, you know, how it is you get paid because it's – you're you're essentially you're getting a percentage on and we talked earlier here about you know potential losses versus actual actual losses and and so you're getting paid on a percentage of that and is that that's coming straight from the casinos correct so what's cool is i'm just a broker i'm a weenie you know if a guy wins a million um you know the casino pays him if he loses a million he has to pay the casino i'm I'm like your stockbroker i'm just i get action on the trades and the trades here are hands played or dice rolled or you know slot handles pulled Mm -hmm. so um yeah and once a player is coded to me he's mine for a year so i only get paid for newer and active like we could be best friends but you played at hard rock two weeks ago i don't get paid you Mm -hmm. have to be one year and active so i only get paid so i increase your bottom line yeah you have to pay me a lot but you want an extra two three million to your bottom line well then you hire steve sear there you go. I only get paid for newer and active. So I can't steal what you already have. I can't go down and hand out business cards in the pit. I have in the past and got in trouble for it. But because uh, I want to take you other places. And that's right. my advantage over, say you're a nice $50,000 player. You lost 50. Well, you're not going to go back there for a month or two because, one, you got to pay them back, but you still want to gamble. See, I can take you multiple places. Or let's say I'm at a place. And I'll tell you a story that happened uh, a couple months ago, right before um, my cousin came to stay with me. I had a guy come to town. Played his ass off and he won three hundred thousand. I maxed out at ten thousand dollar commission because he was a two hundred thousand dollar player. Most I can make is five percent, ten grand. But he had two days left. He's like, ah. I go, well, you're a winner now. You know, you should. I don't know. Take at least a hundred thousand home. I go. Now I, I couldn't make. It doesn't matter if he played another fifty hours, lost it. I'm not making any more than ten grand. I go. Well, why don't we go to uh, Barona? Go up to San Diego. Go see. You know. Gas lamp district, you know, it's fun there. They have a Nobu there. All right. So, Brona sends a plane. We go up there. 
he loses 200 grand. There I get 10% loss. So I made 20 grand there. He shakes my hand because he won 100. He's like a 100 grand home. He had a blast. We went out to all the bars, all the good stuff. I made 10 grand in Vegas, 20 grand there. I make 30. He goes home with 100 grand. Everybody's happy. Except the place where he won. The, right. The 300. But yeah. but yeah. So, you know, so I'm not really a house guy in that scenario. Uh-huh. So if a guy's playing terrible and he's splitting tens, I'm going to say, like, Mr. W, we need to go up to your room because you don't know how to fucking play blackjack and we're <laughs> going to have a little lesson. Okay. You know what I mean? Guys, oh, I feel, I don't care how you feel. I mean, 12 against a 12, you got to hit it. Yeah. You don't want to. And there's more tens in there, but 12 against a 12, you have to hit it. You have to take a card. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have 15 and they have a bus card. You can't hit it. Let them take the 10. I don't care what you feel. Why don't I have 13? Well, he's got six. So you have to assume 16. I know then he turns over a five and he gets a 10, but it doesn't. It's math. Mm-hmm. It's math. It's math. I mean, it is a right and wrong decision every time. And so it's tough to, you know, my dad used to say if you could uh, OD on oxygen, you'd be tripping over bodies. You know, just some people, you just can't help them. Uh-huh. You know, I try, you know, I want them to have a good time and just vice versa. A guy comes and blows 10 grand in two minutes. That doesn't help me. I'm on theoretical here. I need you to play more. Uh-huh. So don't come and be drunk and just bet your bankroll in two hands. That's only in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. You walking, know? walking up and dropping the $10,000 single hand of blackjack is not, no, it's not helping you. It's not helping the player. No. It's not, you don't look like a high roller. Mm-mm. You just look like a guy dropping 10 grand on a hand of blackjack. Yeah, but, but bet it when you have house money, then press. Or how about this? How about when a guy he's like, he's lost six hands in a row. I can't lose now. And he pushes a bunch out. Dude, I can flip a coin 80 times. If it's heads every time, it's still 50, 50 on the 81st roll heads or tails. It's a big bell curve. Yeah. Okay. When you win, Press your money. When you have our money, press your money. When you lose, go back to your one unit. If you bet five bucks a hand, five. You win, go to 10. You're up, go to 15. Now you lose, go back to five. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, and then you get the negative progression guys, you know, the guys that bet five and then 10 and 20 because they're going to win the one big hand. Yeah, that doesn't work either. I mean, <laughs> people try it, but just believe me, I've watched it for 30 years. How much of this? is an ego game not for, oh not for you not for you but for, all. The, for the people that that are coming to you i just screamed in the mic and in your ears yeah all <laughs> all it, it, it's all ego look the star is the king in in hollywood my star i'd rather have the construction worker with five grand that's going to fire it up at the tables i'm meeting him at the door i he's checking into vip he's not waiting in line again he's the star mm-hmm. how we treat the stars you know and stars for the record are stiffs i know yes we need them sometimes but they want the big rooms and they don't play much and yeah michael jordan yeah you'll see in my book and that because michael would lose two or three hundred grand which sure. is a miscellaneous that's why we caught michael jordan not because he's michael you know he would gamble he's mm-hmm. a risk taker so um so yeah so that that's why i think people do it it's the ego they're they're on stage you know, you're at the blackjack table. They're winning. They make the big sports bet. They go up to cash out. Oh, didn't everybody bet that today? You know, I mean, you know, everybody <laughs> talks afterwards. It's just like a golfer. I'm going to tell you about the two holes that I parred. What about the other eight holes where I lost a ball, picked up, and I shoot 123? No, <laughs> man, I, I parred 17 and 18, shot a 126, but, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, because, it, I mean, a lot of these, these guys that, you know, they could buy tickets Absolutely. ringside to a UFC fight. They could buy their way into a strip club i mean this is not but but they're coming to you for yeah. these things that they want it free 
Now, complimentary. The word complimentary is such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And, you know, look, there are good stories, too. Guy comes in, takes out 10 or 15 grand, gets everything comp, goes home with 30 or 40. It's a, most of my players, to be honest, I think they need to break even. And then an hour before the limo's taking them back to the airport, they have a little run. If they win Friday, they're usually writing me a check by Sunday. You know what I mean? They don't have the discipline to stop. We're all going to have that run because the margins are thin. You're going to have that run where you win 10 hands in a row. Did you press? You're going to have that run where somebody holds the dice. Your number hits in roulette. You know, the bad news is, say you start with 100 bucks, and in the first 10 minutes, you're up 220. Take that shit home. Uh-huh. You don't. You keep playing. You know, that's what I mean. You need to break even, and then the last hour, and that's why I like people to have limits. Like, okay, it's 3 o'clock now. We're going to dinner at 6. I got to go up and clean up at 5. I'm playing 3 to 4.30, 5-ish. That's it. Mm-hmm. When you sit down, oh, I don't know when I'm getting up. Well, then you're going to get up when you lose everything. Have you ever been with somebody and they're like, you want to go to lunch? Yeah, as soon as I lose this. Well, just give it to me then. I always say, <laughs> just give it to me then. You're going you're gonna to lose it anyway. What, you want the thrill of me taking your money? Just give it to me. Yeah, it, and, and that makes perfect sense because even, you know, playing slots, same thing. You go, you know, you're hitting nothing, nothing, nothing. Ooh, a little bit of something. Ooh, a little bit more of something. Oh, it's like a hot stripper. Give me hope. Yeah. Give me, just yeah. Give me hope and, that you do and, really like me and you might go home with and, me. Just and, give me hope. And then no, 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 no. And then it's that, oh, I'll, I'll cash out when I'm, and okay, then do you, I'm not, do I'm you not have gonna, a number when you sit down? Cause you said you play slot or no. You know what? I'll sit down. I'll put a hundred bucks in a slot machine. And if I start getting down below, and I mean, we're, you know, I'm low roller numbers here. That's on okay. this. If I start getting down around 60 ish i'm done i it's a cold machine Good. i'm done i'm walking away and, Hit and run and and for that matter if i a lot of times even if i get back down to 100 i'm i'm done right. if i go up if i go up and then i start coming back down i'm like okay I, i'm no, so you take I'm at least walking away and, and you're up I to 220 are you thinking okay i'm i'm leaving at 150 that's that's the key yeah i i would if i if i hit big if big enough that i get up to around a 220 or 250 i start going okay in my head what could i be happy walking away with you know i'd be happy walking away 50 bucks up if you double your when was the last time you doubled your stock portfolio in a day never yeah. Okay. So if you double your bankroll, I don't care if it's twenty bucks, twenty thousand. I tell people if you double your bankroll, take half home. If you start with a hundred and you're up to two hundred, you better walk at least that session with one fifty. Mm-hmm. Get up and say you're playing quarter machines. All of a sudden you're up and your your hundreds two hundred dollars. Now go to dollar. Take that last fifty dollars, but play dollar a hand or five dollars a hand. You'll take a bigger shot. Mm-hmm. I've done that with quarter dollar and then went to five dollar. Ended up winning like four grand because I kept pressing. I got lucky, boom, lucky, boom. And I like hitting and running, too. Uh, you know, in the old days, we would do the hard drop. You know, there was actually coins before your time. <laughs> and uh, as a slot host, my job was to put the plastic buckets out at 315 because at 330, the count team came. Right. They were pulling out the heavy bucket, putting it in a rack, putting in the day shift bucket. You know, because this was on graveyard. Well, and people would always go, oh, we want to uh, play slots right before the drop because we think that they're full. That hopper is full. And they would try to listen. Oh, if, you know, the hopper was what would pay out. So if, if you heard clink, quick, or clink, 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 means it went all the way down. The, oh, that hopper is full. It's ready to hit. Meant nothing. It's all <laughs> random generator. But okay, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, c- come at 3.30. That's the best time to play. Just because I was bored, you know. I'm yeah. Like, 
and it's funny the number of people that kind of think that you know there's always the conspiracy theories and oh this is the best time to play and yeah and the superstitious of the you know got to touch this and do that and the oh is it better to play in the morning versus playing in the evening and that and it isn't it's all random no i am superstitious i will say um sometimes i have certain dealers when i do like to play dice i like certain dealers on the game not ethnic wise just i know a couple and i just and we have some dealers will say oh that's a house dealer you know you're not going to win from her i Mm -hmm. mean she just you know 20 20 is not good enough that chick's gonna every time she has 14 she's gonna pull seven so then i have one customer uh he's from out of the country and he brings um like soothsayer fortune teller true story this is in the book two million dollar guy of course where are the best suites on the high floor 30th floor of the penthouses no once they get in with 26 people we have to stay on the 14th floor why we have to stay on the 14th floor i only have standard rooms on the 14th floor i had to move out like 23 rooms on the 14th floor because that's where he wanted to stay he still lost like a million, too. I'm like, dude, get a new soothsayer. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to lose, at least be in the penthouse. That total true story. Wow. Yeah. I would imagine. And, I mean, we've talked about the things that you, you can do for people and the things that you've done as far as right. you know, fight tickets and rooms and Here it comes. meals. Here What's and all the craziest stuff. thing? Well, okay. Yeah, let's go, let's go there first. What is, what is the most ridiculous thing people have asked for that you've been able to deliver? Yeah, yeah. One, one thing, you know, like I don't get customers drugs, and I think that's a big stereotype. Uh, I can count on one hand in 33 years the big guys that want to do coke and ecstasy. Those guys are in the clubs all night and watching glow sticks. My guys are addicted to tits and ass and gambling for sure. Um, okay, some of the stupid things. I have one player still today. And I don't know, so we have to strain yogurt, a special yogurt, the chefs, the butlers do it. They have to strain yogurt through cheesecloth. And I don't know if it's the part that drips through or the part that the cheesecloth catches, and that's his butter for his toast, swear to God. And then he likes a certain type of Charmin something, something toilet paper. I think (laughs) some rich people just, they know they're going to piss away money, so they want to make it as difficult as possible, if that makes sense. You know, and then, um, you know, a lot of different, weird food requests and then i have one player where everything has to be sanitized there are sanitation wipes every five feet she's total germaphobe well then don't touch the chips and the money that a million people have touched every day but yeah i pay you money you're touching it you know i mean whatever um and then a lot of my players are just when i say quirky they just want something different like one of my players loves to play pool mgm sent him a brand new mercedes for his birthday I didn't send him shit. You know what I sent? Because I knew, you know, Janet Lee. I don't know if you watch Pool, the Black Widow. Mm-hmm. I sent Janet Lee to his house to play him one on one in Pool. She beat him out of six grand. They played six games, a thousand a game. He's never going to forget that. I had one customer that his kid wanted a tennis lesson. I got him a tennis lesson with Andre Agassi. Tim Poster helped me do that. See, that's what's cool. Yeah. You know, or if the pool player too, I had him sent and it was a custom pool stick. We spent about six grand on it. And when the two parts went together, a five and a six met. Yo, 11 was his favorite number. You know, that I one player where I, I, my biggest dice player, Fast Eddie, that was in the book. I got to go all around the world with him from Greece and Super Bowls and Costa Rica, whitewater rafting and Jamaica. Uh, He loved dice. So again, he had a huge hot springs I had a custom Eagle Claw and his Hot Springs logo and made him a custom dice table, all custom chips, rented a U-Haul, and I drove it up to him on his birthday. 
as a surprise. See, it's just little shit like that yeah. has made me different. I'm just a simple guy. I, I use the rooms. You know, it's a great story in the book, and uh, it's required reading at Cornell where I got rejected. Uh, I usually start my lecture by saying I'm a 2.3 from UNLV, and you're never going to make the kind of money I make, and you just spent 200 grand on education. Why? <laughs> and you're going into a business where the brave makes more than the chief? The cocktail waitress saved eighty grand this year working the pool party. She doesn't give a shit that you're a four from Cornell making sixty grand as a hotel manager. But anyway, <laughs> I have no idea where I was going with that. But um, it, it, it's just you know unique things. Oh, so what I'm saying is, so I'm at the Hilton, and this is in ninety seven or ninety eight, and we had three sky villas that were twelve, fourteen, and fifteen thousand square feet. Three mini villas, which shouldn't even be called mini, they were six thousand square feet. And then eleven premium suites that are two to three thousand. The criteria was hundred thousand on the classic suites, two fifty to half a million on the mini villas, a million period on the three big villas. Now we had like fourteen butlers. It's Thanksgiving. The, everybody's working regardless. My boss, uh, Jimmy Newman, was in Australia working a guy named Kerry Packer, who was our biggest player at that time. The international vice presidents were in Asia getting ready for Chinese New Year that was going to come up after the New Year's Eve. And then my other two bosses were gone. So Steve was like number one, right? I was, whatever my title was, assistant vice president. You know, I'm 27 years old. So I'm like, you know what? It's Thanksgiving, and a room's just a room. I started to fill the rooms. I called $25,000 players and said, hey, how'd you like to have uh, one of the classic suites? It's 3,000 square feet. Bring your friends. I'll serve you Thanksgiving. But I go, don't bust my balls on your airfare. I'm not paying you any hard costs. Okay, we'll come. Then I would call like $50,000 players. Hey, hey, how'd you like a mini villa? Five, 6,000 square feet. Bring three or four other couples. You can have masseuses all the time. Then I called 100, $250,000 players. One of them lives right across this road. I won't say his name. And said, and bring 30 friends. I'm going to give you the 12,000 square foot suite or the 15,000 Verona. So my boss calls me from Australia, Jimmy Newman. He's like, what the hell is going on? The butlers called me. He said, out of the villas, you've got 15 of them booked. The villas we were the premium rooms. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to save two for you. Don't worry. He's like, well, who the hell do you have come in? I said, don't worry. It'll be fine. I hung up on him. He was in Australia. Like, what was he going to do? <laughs> Bottom line, net, net, 612,000 profit. Yeah, we didn't win a million, but the rooms are empty. The, the, the villas were used 30% of the year. So there's 300 days in a year, right? So 36. So 100 days a year they're used, 200 and some days they're not used. That's what makes me different. It's just a maid to clean the room. Now the butlers got tipped. They made money and weren't bored. We're paying them anyway, their salary plus tips. The cooks are there. Let them cook. The dealers are sitting there anyway. You know, Thanksgiving, we're dead. We're maybe 50% occupancy. So out of 3,000 rooms, I had 1,500 open. You know what I mean? Use the rooms. New Year's Eve, of course not. Now, the old school of thinking, meaning the old guys would be like, well, now that player's always going to want that. No, he won't. Hey, you know, Mr. C, yeah, you come in August, I'll get you the villa. You come New Year's Eve or Super Bowl Sunday, you're not getting shit. Uh Create a trip with the product you have. I mean, isn't that business 101? I was just using the product. And that was the, one of the, the neat things in the book. And, and it, I can see how it would be hard for people to wrap their head around that, like the old school Bean counters. Yeah. Like the, the, the whole attitude of, yeah, what's it going to cost me? This room's going to sit empty or you're going to, you're going to marble. It looks the yeah. same 30 years later. You can't beat it up. If they do, we have their credit card. We'll charge them. You're, you're going to pay a maid $50 to clean this room or it's going to sit empty and nobody's gambling. 
And she's on staff anyway. Oh, yeah. And then the dealers have a chance to make some tokes. They're all pissed off because they have to work the three days. You know, that's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The Wednesday night is the biggest bar night. Everybody wants to go out, locals. Nobody's there. They're all with their families. Mm. You know, but, and, and we made Thanksgiving dinner for everybody. I didn't pay many airfares. Yeah, 600 grand net profit. And that little stint kind of got me my notoriety. And I was there a decade. And I kept stealing players by telemarketing. And that's what got the attention of other casinos and my boss would get a call and you know i pulled one guy off a dice game from the desert inn that was wrong i impersonated room service captain at mgm that's why i'm still barred from their high limit room okay i don't do that shit anymore as far as you know but um you know but that's it's look if it's morally ethically and legal do it Uh, don't you hate going to a restaurant and you just wanted green beans you know they have it oh but it doesn't come with the chicken fried steak just give them green beans you know what I mean? If it's morally, ethically, and it's legal, just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy wants to pick out which ball spins around on the roulette wheel. You know, we have a small ball or a big ball, so if it's a female player, we just have the dealer say, which one of my balls would you like to play with? <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's legal. Let him pick out the ball. Oh, no, no. The Today we're I mean, no. It just It's bullshit. Yeah. A guy wants a private game, you're dead. Give him a private game. It shouldn't take an act of Congress. As long as you'll bet 100 bucks a hand, give him a fucking private game. You know, it, and he'll play it one in the afternoon to four when we're dead. Swing shift? Of course not. It's a $500 game. To me, it's just common sense. It's, picking, it's picking battles. Is what, I agree. Is what you're saying. I agree. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, it's, it, it, why give all this pushback on something if, you know, it's, it's not going to cost you any real huge amount. It's not going to cause any big problem. Just, just do it for yeah. the person. That's why I, in my career, I've not played well uh, with others in corporations. But when I worked just for Peter Morton of the Hard Rock, I thrived. Tim and Tom, I'd still be there. The young guys that owned the Golden Nugget and then sold it and made $100 million in 14 months, I'd still be there. Benny Binion, when I worked just for the grandson of the horseshoe, I thrived. Gary Ellis, I worked just for him, I thrived. It's a big corporation, a bunch of vice presidents, I get fired. And, I, I mean, you've been here a long time now, and you've seen the changes in Vegas. Do you think it's starting to make that way back? Are the, are the corporations finally cluing in uh, that, you know, what, we're, good what we're doing kinda, is wrong? But Kind of. I hope, you know, we had that phase. I don't know if, how long you've been coming to Vegas? Five, six years. Okay, well, before that, you know, like MGM for a while had um, a theme park. Mm-hmm. We were going to be family friendly. Well, that didn't last very good, did it? No, yeah. Okay, yeah. So now we're going back to what I like is adults, you know, strip clubs. Why do you think all the conventions come here? It's 110. But we have all the adult nightlife. And now we're, we've already got pro hockey and the Raiders are coming next year. So mm-hmm. that's going to be big. Yeah. So, like I say, that's it's interesting to see sort of the changes that have been happening in Vegas. And, and like I say, I mean, everybody, they started hitting everyone with the resort fees and the parking fees. Do you and think comp that's, drink fees. You know, comp, yeah, earning re- your comp drinks. I went to the Rio when uh, my friends were watching, playing in the World Series of Poker and you put your card in after so much play, like you have to run $7 through it, print you a drink comp. No, man, I sit down, give me a beer. Mm-hmm. I mean... The old, I think some like Derek Stevens downtown at the D and the new Circa, he gets the old school and you can get a private game. And I think they're capitalizing on how stiff and stuck up the corporations are. You know, uh, Gary Ellis on his ads at Little Ellis Island Pub Casino says, we will always pay three to two on blackjack. Give the guy a break. 
instead mm-hmm. of six to five. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. mean, you finally hit a snapper. That's a natural blackjack for those of you that don't know. And, you know, p- pay him time and a half. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, that makes sense. And, and do you think they're the big corporations are going to figure this out? I mean, gaming, gaming's down. Visitorship seems to be down. You know, revenue in these big companies is, it, it's clearly, it's coming from their fees. It's not coming from Yeah, the nightclubs are out doing the casino. That was yeah. in the paper. Marquee nightclub last year at Cosmo did $71 million. The casino did 68 Yeah. So, I mean, those are real, real numbers. Uh, I don't know. I think they're just not risk takers. I don't think they're going to get it. And I think that's why a lot of my players like to go to the Indian casinos because they're, they're more old school. Mm-hmm. Viejas and Barona, you know, and a lot of my players go downtown at the Golden Knight. Look, $10,000 player. I love the Cosmo. It's beautiful. It'd be where I would stay if I was a high roller. You lose 10 grand, you get your room comped. Mm-hmm. Maybe some food. That's it. You risk 10 grand at the Golden Nugget, limo picks you up, you check into VIP, get a nice suite. Wife can go to the spa, go to Vic and Anthony's for a nice steak dinner. It's all on us. You're my guest. Man, you know what I mean? So that's why a lot of my guys, it's value. They still go to the strip because they want to chase tits and ass. Mm-hmm. And the scenery is a lot better than downtown. I love Fremont Street, but let's call it the way it is. You know, you got the guys that are went to picture taken with the thong up their ass that are 80 years old. And yeah. Pretty vulgar. Yeah. Um, but uh, they'll stay downtown and get the value, but they'll still go to the strip and go to the nightclubs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, nightclubs have really, you know, when I first started, there weren't any nightclubs. Um, in the casinos, you'd go to Shark Club uh, or Botany's, uh, which were outside, and then Light Group changed everything. And then all of a sudden, the DJs got big. I thought that was a fad, but that's not going away either. I mean, Cardi B, I mean, it's amazing the crowds they draw. Yeah. It's 60 bucks just to walk in before you buy a $12 beer. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it, strip club prices. Bottle yeah. service, you're paying $1,000 for a bottle of a vodka. Sky vodka that you can yeah. buy at Albertsons for 10 You're renting space. And, and one tip for your listeners. Look, you're five dudes. Everybody pony up 200 bucks and go get a bottle so someone will talk to you. Else you're going to wait in line. We don't let dudes until 1 a.m. anyway. The girls aren't going to come talk to you at the bar. They're called bottle bitches. They're going to go to where you have a bottle and a booth. Now, when you all pony up and you get your bottle, don't drink it. Remember, there's five dudes. One drink, it's all gone. Save that for the girls. Order a beer. Then when the girls come, give them the vodka. Else you buy another one. Or we'll give you that. Well, buy one, get one free. Okay, so you got two bottles of vodka for a grand that are Sky Vodka, and they're $10 at Albertsons. You know, but yeah. But you're renting space. If you want to go to a club and have a good time, you got to pony up. Else you're going to wait in line. It's not fun. Well, and it's it's funny that you talk about doing it with dudes. Like five years ago, buddy of mine and I, we did a guy's trip, and right. it was six of us. And that was exactly you waited in line no no we we, we oh, paid we were okay. stupid we were stupid enough to do the uh the bottle service and i think it cost each of us about 300 bucks a pop and did you have fun we had fun okay yeah we had a good time you know we had a you didn't wait a, in line we didn't wait in line right? we had a booth we had a table we had the a couple of bottles we had people around us a, a, a dude you were somebody we we felt like a person you know we felt like a star while we were there and you know yeah that was that was you just summed it up brother we, i mean that's, yeah and i mean we all said we'll never do it again but we did it once to say we've done it we had fun with it we had a blast and well and were they all married dudes if you're trying to get laid you definitely do it because you want the girls to come to you because you don't yeah. want to be the girl in the group that didn't get laid on this trip so <laughs> you know exactly yeah. it was just that was that was what it was that was the the trip and that was what we did so there yeah yeah <laughs> um something else that they talked about in the book that i thought was interesting was you'll get the guys that will come to town that are clearly 
you you got to push them to gamble. Yes. And and how frustrating is that when you're setting these guys up with rooms and and fight tickets and limos and private jets and they're showing up and well the towns change so much and that's why sometimes downtown is easier than i'd use the hard rock as an example you get into the hard rock in the afternoon it's friday the pool's thumping snoop dogs out there so your girl wants to go out there you get a cabana it's a blast it's a hundred degrees out you drink you're 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 tired okay now you got to go back shower now you got to take her to a nice dinner after dinner she wants to go see santana after santana oh it's midnight the club's open we got to go to body english and you, you know enjoy the nightclub when are you going to gamble i'm like dude you gotta and golf fuck that golf is four hours in the heat and you're going to be so leave the golf clubs at home yeah you're a golfer go to palm springs okay I hate that. And I have guys that bring golf clubs just because they tell their wife they're golfing and the clubs never get out of the trunk. <laughs> I've actually made invitations to guys. Yeah, Steve Sears, third annual golf tournament. I, I don't golf. It's so funny. <laughs> I mean, I do every now and then for like a tournament or something. But uh, So, yeah, no, you, you asked a good question. It is tough because that's part of the deal. You know, I don't want to rent the room. If we rented the rooms, my department, player development, didn't do their job. Mm-hmm. I don't want to rent the room for two thousand a night or whatever the number is. And no, I want somebody to risk twenty grand for that room, mm-hmm. win or lose, and then the math works out. So yeah, to justify that, and the bean counters are up your ass. You know, it's tough. Well, because they would be looking at this and going, "Why are we giving this guy?" I'd rather get the two thousand a night. I yeah. gave him this and picked him up and bought him crystal, and then he played forty-two minutes. Yeah. You know, and so you better lose or give me a shot at the money. And it's my job to manage those people. You know, I think I'm pretty good at, you know, I'm not afraid to tell a guy the way it is. And I don't have fear or loss. A lot of young hosts are like, oh, I don't want to lose this player. I have so many players. It doesn't really matter if I, there's a few, believe me, my top 10. Yeah. I don't want to lose any of them, but they're easy. And we've had so many rodeos together, mm-hmm. we've screamed and yelled at each other and they fired me and I've told them to eat shit and. You know, but we, you know, it's a love-hate relationship. You know, I'm their friend on Friday, and they owe me 300000 on Sunday. I'm like, dude, you know, yeah. I'll call you in a couple of weeks. You know, we, we got we to gotta start paying. got to pay me 100000 this month, you know, and then they want a discount, and I can get it for you, but I need more. And remember, I don't get paid till they pay. And so, I mean, clearly the whole idea of discounts on losses is something that's not, that's not applying to this guy sitting here paying, you know, dropping 100 bucks in the slot machine. No. Uh, <laughs> how... How is that kind of determined? Well, it, it, it originally was created to entice you to come back quicker. You mm. lose a million dollars. Of course, I'd give you three or four months to pay. I'll tell you what, but if you pay in 30 days, I'll eat 10% or 100 grand because then I got a shot at your money in two months instead of four or six months. Mm-hmm. A guy comes New Year's Eve and gets his ass kicked. God, I want that guy to come back Super Bowl, but he's got to pay and play so then i go to my boss and say i'll tell you what he's gonna eat if you eat 15 percent, i'll get him to pay 850 and have him back in a month boom it's air the accountants would argue it's air if i give you a ten thousand dollar credit line right now you go to the tables and lose it i lost pieces of plastic there's no cost of goods sold if i owned walmart and you go buy five thousand dollars worth of tvs yeah I, i made money on you but i had a cost of goods sold Mm-hmm. Okay, if I give you chips and you go lose them, I lost air. I don't have a cost of good soul. It's air. So if I can get you to pay quicker and I eat a little, I ate air. Mm-hmm. And now we have to pay tax on that. And there's some other numbers that the bean counters would. But I just want you to pay and play. Yeah. More action. I just got a small window. You know, very few big players 
play for, they either figure it out or they go broke. I mean, I have a couple million dollar players that are so wealthy. Yeah, and they just love gambling. But everybody gets a little discipline. You have. I mean, uh-huh. I don't care if it's a hundred bucks. You know, you get your ass kicked five times and you're like, ah, I'd rather go spend it on a nice dinner. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'd rather go buy something. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to win every now and then. We can't kick your ass every time. We call it the hook. We need you to get the hook in your mouth every now and then. I believe it is, uh, it's a state law that you have to win the first time you come to town, isn't it? That's, <laughs> how, that's how that works? Well, I tell you what, I've, I've argued with, new hosts always say that. They go, oh, it's his first time here, I want him to win. I want him to lose. You know why? Because big gamblers have egos. I want him to lose because then he'll come back and prove to me that he's a winner. You know what I mean? So I like to <laughs> kick the shit out of the guy the first time. He doesn't want to have and say, oh, dude, you just can't win. God, everybody else is winning. And then they want to come back and show you they can win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, one, one more story. So I had a guy um, loses every time, right? His wife always bitches at him. Um, and so uh, the first night he won like 15 grand. So his name's Harry. And I go, Harry, I'm going to give you a check. So I gave him a check for 15 grand. Of course, over the next few days, he loses his $50,000 credit line. I gave him an extension, gave him the 15 grand check. So he loses 50. For the trip, he's down 35. He goes home, shows the wife the check. Look, I'm a winner. I'm going to go put it in the bank. He went to FedEx and FedExed me back the check with another check for 35 grand. Just so he could go home to his wife and say, see, I'm a winner. That's totally true story. Um, you've, and you've gotten to reap the benefits doing what you're doing, too. You've gotten to reap a lot of benefits, a lot of perks, again, to oh, travel yeah. and, and do that kind of stuff as Super well. Super Bowls, Kentucky Derbies, trips, uh, Hawaii, Greece for two weeks on a 110-foot yacht with servants. Yeah. No. I mean, I've got to live the lifestyle of a high roller without risking or doing it, even when I was a grunt, you know, making thirty five grand a year. So, I mean, that part's been really cool, and that's why I love it. I, I, look, I still get excited about the job. I still get excited when I walk through a casino and people are cussing and yelling and betting. I like that type A personality. I like the guys that, sh- again, my finest are the people that should not be here. Mm-hmm. But they're the ones I like to hang out with. You yeah. Know? They're nuts. Yeah. You know? And, and I think the other thing is people say, oh, I bet a lot of your big players are doctors and lawyers. No. Doctors and lawyers are stiffs. They're married to their job or their house, okay? And good for them. I'm not the brainiac, you know, I'm, I'm not curing cancer. But my guys are entrepreneurs. They own strip clubs. They own bars. One of my guys invented the eerie, dearie lure, the flip thing on a fishing lure. Uh-huh. But every lure it goes on, he gets a royalty. I don't think he, Mr. G finished high school, but he brings 50 grand every month. Wow. You know, yeah. Another guy, objects in mirror are closer than they appear. Mm-hmm. Every car that it goes on, he gets a royalty. There's over a million cars made a year. Jeez. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. One of my guys own grocery stores, you know. Another one of my guys, he'll say, oh, I wash cars for a living. Yeah, but like he owns 17 car washes. He washes like 2,000 cars a day. <laughs> and he's from Wisconsin. I remember the first time I met him, I was like, hey, uh, you must love the summer. He goes, I hate the fucking summer. I go, why? He goes, because I want it sunny in 20. When it's hot out, everyone like you has a garden hose in their hand. So he lobbied that you had to use recycled water, that you have to put more salt on the road for safety because then you have to wash it off. You know, he brings the city commissioners to town. He's smart, right? Wow. I don't want you wasting water. And, and if you have soap on the water, it goes in the drain and ends up in the ocean and kills fish. You know, so no, you have to use recycled water on every, you know, he, it's just kind of interesting how people make money. So mm-hmm. he's, he washes cars for a living, but he washes 2,000 cars a day. <laughs> but you, I mean, you do have the celebrity 
clients as well or the celebrity yeah, customers uh, as well very, I mean, very, very we talk, few. you know mike you've, M- montel michael jordan yeah and th- that's it and larry flint other yeah. than that you you would never know my whales you would never think you would think some of my whales would be like we'll work for food sign on the highway you would never <laughs> know they got big money you know. Are you getting a lot of international guys now? Uh, a few, you know, I'm not that we have a whole other departments for that. And I don't speak the language and I'm white boy. Um, but my first million dollar players were uh, from Thailand and mm-hmm. stuff. And that's other stories that I hope you buy whale hunt in the desert and read. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm not big international. Um, I'm, I'm just, you know, American player. And about 70% of my players are table games, mm-hmm. blackjack, baccarat dice probably more dice than anything and then um the other 30 40 percent is um slots and i'd say i'm about 70 30 women to men uh-huh. used to be 95 percent men yeah more women whales now for sure interesting because they're independent they tried blackjack or craps at home online where mm-hmm. they weren't intimidated now they want to sit at the table and be social you know the table games are social games. A slot player, he don't want to talk to anybody. I mean, you talk to people all day and this. Last thing you want to do is go talk to people. Yeah. You know, I like video poker because I sit in my own world and play. I like double-double, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm going for aces with a kicker. But, um, yeah, so uh, the, the dynamics have changed. And I looked the other day. I used to have more of my top 70 players, my $100,000 players, over 45. Now I have more $100,000 players under 45 than over 45 what's that tell you Uh you know i mean again a third of them are going to be broke before they're 50 but god bless them yeah and and they just gambling is not uh, the sin anymore like the first story about with my mom it's not in two states it's in 48 Uh it's part of our culture now i guess it's not just for the wise guy anymore right just like sports betting i mean you're going to be able to go to the raider game bet the game in your seat on your mobile device that's crazy. It's great. I mean, it's great. It's great. It's great, but it's it seems it seems crazy, and it seems like it has the opportunity to be bad. I mean, there's profe- there, there's going to be some bad stories. Professional sports coming into Las Vegas was always such a big, you which know, I don't big, know why because we anyways. are the police. You know, we don't want to fix game. That hurts us. We are the whistleblowers. I mean, you know, your bookie is going to fix a game. We're not. We need the game on the square. You know. So, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's going to be some bad stories. Yeah. With the I just, here. yeah, I'm, I'm even surprised with hockey coming in that there wasn't really it's been great and they've been great for the town. Yeah. I, I'd never been to a hockey game before. I'd never tried ice skating before. And I, I've done both. I suck at ice skating, but <laughs> I, it's fun to bet them and, and, and they've been great for the town and yeah. ambassadors. And you know what I like is we play Chicago or the LA Kings. Half the stadium is them. Yeah. Let's say you're a chief fan. You're going to go to one out-of-town game. You're not going to go to Denver and freeze your ass off. You're going to Vegas. Yeah. Right? I think when uh, teams are going to really travel well to Vegas, and we have the infrastructure, and guess what? The Final Four will be in that stadium. The Super Bowl will be in that stadium someday. Mm -hmm. The National Championship College football game will be – we have 150,000 hotel rooms. Yeah. Great weather. Remember the Super Bowl in Dallas? Everybody froze their ass off. Nobody wanted to go. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen here. February here is beautiful. You've started doing some amateur boxing, too. Yeah. Uh, is this yeah, something? In fact, uh, right there, that, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the first over 50 to ever be licensed in Nevada, and um, I won at 54. So right now, 54 in three months is the record for the oldest Nevada amateur to ever win. So I fight again in July uh, in a master's tournament where there will be some older fighters. So 
I hope they lose, or if I beat them, I can, or if I box them. I can only uh, fight people over 34. I'm a novelty, so I've fought at Brooklyn Bowl. I fought at the Hard Rock. I fought on Fremont Street several times. Uh, Derek Stevens has put on great events downtown at the Event Center. Uh, so, yeah, I've been doing that 14 years. Wow. I know. Loving it's it? crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's ego, and uh, cutting weight's tough at my age, but um, I really enjoy it, and I go to California and fight in old dog tournaments. And uh, but the, the Vegas ones are great. I fight in an industry fight. I fight at the pool at the Tropicana. I'll show you on YouTube. It was amazing. <laughs> you know, two thousand people out there. Yeah, it's really cool. That's fantastic. And uh, my best one of my best friends is Derek Harmon, uh, ex Intercontinental Light Heavyweight Champion of the World, and um, David Sample, Coach King, Skipper Kelp. I'm around all these pros, and I just I like. I'm the worst. Uh, person on my amateur team at, at my gym, but that's okay. I, I don't win a round until I actually fight, and then hopefully I do. And I'm not picking the best guys. I'm trying to pick people I can beat. It's <laughs> probably a smart way to do it. It is. Well, they're always younger, you know, but yeah, that's okay. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, the book, Whale Hunting in the Desert, third edition. Yes. Uh, came out in, uh, third edition came out in 2015. It's out doing one and two. Required reading at NYU, master's degree, Stern Business College, and all Cornell seniors have to read it. That's fantastic. I, I mean, I, you sent me the book a couple of weeks ago. Easy read, do you think? I mean, are you a reader? I am a reader. Okay. I'm, I'm very much a reader. And it was, I'm not a fiction reader. I'm not a big fiction reader. I, I, I like reading about real stuff. And it was fascinating to me. Like I said, the things that, that, you know, I learned in it were, were amazing. Um, you know, reading about, and you're a Vegas guy and I'm a Vegas guy. So I love reading books about Vegas and, and, you know, hearing about the change and how things, the way things were and the way things are. But I like that you learned you were a Vegas guy, but you learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I learned a, learned a ton of stuff in there. So it was a a great read. I would highly recommend people pick it up. So yeah. Well, there is a chapter on, um, prostitution uh so let, it's not a book you read to the kids no no it's yeah, not a bedtime story I, i'm not gonna lie i was reading it on the plane i was a little blushing in that particular <laughs> chapter i was like wow there's there's some stuff in this book it's, that's uh, uh, it's part of the business hope nobody's reading over my shoulder right. while i'm sitting here on this flight reading this particular thing so um but an excellent book and i i very much recommend people pick it up you so. know anybody um if you come to vegas uh at steve sear vegas on instagram or uh twitter you know, if you're in Vegas, you know, text me. I try to say hi to everybody. I'm on the strip almost three, four nights a week, so that's easy. Uh, if you buy the book, you want to autograph, of course, of course, of course. It's my pleasure on uh, Amazon. My uh, publisher is local. Uh, the Las Vegas Advisor is a real cool site, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to plug that, you know, if you want to come and get some uh, coupons and good deals, the Las Vegas Advisor has been around for a long time. Excellent. Well, Steve, thank you very, very oh, much it's my for, pleasure. for it's having me. Yeah, this is excellent. Uh, inviting me into your home to, wow. to do this, and uh, it's very cool to do, so I really do appreciate it. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you soon in Vegas. You absolutely will, for sure. If you want to know more about Steve Sear, follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Steve Sear Vegas. Head to his website at stevesear.com and be sure to pick up a copy of Whale Hunting in the Desert, Secrets of a Vegas Superhost, available now on Amazon. And that 
pretty much puts a wrap on this episode of the podcast. As always, if you've got comments or feedback on the show, or you're looking for ideas on where to stay, where to eat, and what to do on your upcoming Las Vegas vacation, feel free to get a hold of me via social media on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Jeff Does Vegas. You're also welcome to email me directly, Jeff at WalkerNewMedia.com. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts so you'll be notified the moment a new episode is uploaded. Also, make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And check out past episodes and show notes at JeffDoesVegas.com. My name is Jeff, and this has been episode number 25 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast, a Walker New Media production. Music